saved on my google drive beautiful the wonders of modern technology oh yeah it's gonna save us all we're gonna be living on mars it's gonna be great mm-hmm. yep we're gonna be living on mars and talking to each other on zencaster i'm looking forward to it because i'm getting really sick of this oxygen shit all over the place yeah definitely man well give it a billion years give it a billion years jared and that oxygen will be long gone all right well I got nothing better to do. Might as well wait. Yeah. Okay, so I have to issue a correction. I said uh, when Tickman oh was here that it was going to take, you know, like months to be 63 degrees where I'm at. And that is not mm-hmm. true because it was about 65 today. And it's going to be 76 tomorrow. Oh, my. <laughs> and it's March 8th. <laughs> well, I know that you're a little concerned about your your seedlings out there at Compost Acres. Definitely. Uh, it's my seedlings, my saplings. Saplings, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm a little worried that they're going to break dormancy prematurely and uh, then get froze out when we have our inevitable Iowa snowstorm on March right. 23rd. Yeah, it looks like out here in Colorado we're due for more snow uh, later this week. But I'm already seeing some of the first weeds of spring, like the little hound's tongue. Oh, yeah. That one always greens up so early. Yeah. What did I see today? Some horse weed is starting to pop. Definitely saw that. Uh, I'm pretty sure garlic mustard is just everywhere in Stone Park, it looked like. And that's been Mm -hmm. around for like a couple weeks almost, it seems like. Uh, I will say in terms of beverages, I'm drinking a Spanish wine. I spent 20 bucks on a bottle of wine from España. Not bad. In celebration. Yeah, I wanted to celebrate, you know, that we're kind of transferring away from the, you know, New Spain phase of our Forget About the Alamo series and into, you know, the Mexican phase. So to say wow. goodbye to the Iberian Peninsula, I got a bottle of fine Spanish wine. Hell yeah. We're kind of on the same kick then because I got a couple of Modelo Chiladas. Oh, the- all right. Mango y Chile one that I've talked about before, and then I got a new yeah. one, the Tamarindo Picante, which I've not tried yet, so I'm pretty excited about that. And then I got myself a can of Mai Tai, <laughs> some rum in there. Nice. Cut water. I love, I love the canned uh, cocktails now. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. I do too. They're usually pretty gross, but goddamn, this thing's like 12.5% alcohol, so... It's the job done. Definitely. (laughs) Well, I think this is a great way to start. We're talking about weeds. We're talking about alcohol because you're listening to Garden Variety Perverts today. Oh, fuck yeah. We're bringing you more nerdy plant shit. Back in the saddle, baby. Back in the saddle. I found my first mushrooms of the year today, even. Hey, I like how we describe our two like our two genres that we straddle as nerdy history shit and nerdy plant shit. Oh yeah. It's always the shit though. It's all compost. Yeah. 
It all goes Check in the pile. Out. Check out that bad boy. Oh, beautiful. Look at that scarlet coloration on that cup. Yeah. That's Do you amazing. know what that's called, actually? Um, no. What is or it? The common name is Scarlet Elf Cup. Oh, Scarlet Elf Cup. But I'm going to endeavor to make dye out of these. Because um, that is like the most vibrant red that you see in nature. It looks like one of those birds of paradise, sort of, when they have reds on them. It's a beautiful <clears> fungus. Uh, I want to encourage listeners to, you know, unless you're like doing something that actively involves your hands, to get out your phone or get on your computer and then kind of look up some of the images that go with these different species that we're talking about today so that you can familiarize yourself with them, like the Scarlet Elf Cup. And for the topic of our garden variety perverts, this is something that I think people will want to be familiar with because it could potentially save your life because these are the murder plants. Alternately, what I'm, I think I'm going to call the episode, it's the old anarchist's almanac. Hell yeah. So that means, of course, that we have to like put out a disclaimer before we dig in on all of these all these highly toxic uh, species. Yeah. So um, don't poison that guy you hate. I know he's a pain in the ass. Yes. Don't do anything stupid. Neither compost bin of history nor garden variety perverts condones violence. And nothing you hear on this program should ever be put into practice. We say use words to solve problems, not plants. Unless those plants are things like cannabis and um, the ones that give you alcohol or, well, frankly, some of the plants we're going to talk about today could actually solve some problems at the right dose. But at the wrong dose, they could cause problems. And just like that, we've already kind of thrown out our whole, like, setup for the disclaimer because now we're like, oh, but some of these are actually kind of helpful. And that's that's just the nature of the... of. I guess nature or physical reality that oh, yeah. we exist in. When you're dealing with poisons, you just got to know what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's this epistemic uncertainty, right? Like there's always that chance that this time when you administer digitalis, it's a little bit too much and your heart goes haywire. Oh yeah. <clears throat> hey man, some people on their like hundredth time eating more L mushrooms, it makes them violently ill and they just can't eat right. more L's anymore. Yeah. Some people it never happens to. So first of all, use with caution. Second of all, don't listen to us. Third of all, never take any of this advice. Yeah. Does that pretty much cover our bases, do you think? Yeah, and you know, just fucking chill out. Yeah. Just chill out, guys. (laughs) You know, if you're mad at somebody, just like, you know, stay away from them. Quit your job, you know, leave that school. Um you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth the stress. All right. With that being said, let's cover some instances when you might want to use this information. Like, let's just say you're on a filibustering expedition in New Texas, and your leader has been described as effective but harsh. Okay. If you're like, you know, one of his legionaries, just some like, you know, dirt farmer from Mississippi who happens to know a poisonous plant or two, you could maybe take out old Augustus McGee and introduce a little bit of chaos into the leadership that, you know, might elevate your fortunes. Did Samuel Kemper murder Augustus McGee to take over the filibustering expedition? 
I'm going to let that question hang. I think the answer is pretty obvious. <laughs> um, also, an, also an option. If you were a slave and you had, you know, just had enough of the whole slave business and you were like, I heard that there's like an uprising going on down the road that Spartacus is like, you know, talking like maybe we don't have to be slaves anymore, but you know, your overseers over there and then the landed gentry is up there like rallying the troops, but you happen to work in the kitchen. There's an opportunity there, right? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. That's parsley. No, no, no. This is just parsley. I know it looks slightly different, but it's parsley. Quit smelling that. Need it. Yeah. <laughs> Another instance you might use these. Uh, let's just say that you've been charged with executing an old pedophile for impiety. And it's not because he's a pedophile, because you're all pedophiles. But yeah. this one happens to like be like t- also talking to the kids that he's fucking. And he's like trying to get them to like question morals and authority and stuff. So you gotta, and you try to exile him, but he's like, "I'm not gonna go anywhere." Boy, that's a that's a tight rope to walk there. I know. <laughs> well, you know, you might turn to some of the topics of today's episode. It's a potential therapeutic remedy for that impious pedophile. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe. And I think this is probably what's going to be true for most of our listeners. You're just a gardener who wants to live dangerously. You like to walk on the wild side? Maybe you want to grow some of these plants. And in fact, I actually, um, what kind of inspired this was because I am, I ordered some of these plants today. One of the plants we're going to talk about is the morning glory. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ipomoea purpurea. Which there's a lot of fun you can have with some morning glories. Yeah, there's actually a lot of fun you can have with them, but uh, they're widely advertised as like you know the seeds are toxic, and we'll talk about well, why they that are. is when we get there. Yeah, the ones you, know you buy why. at the ones you buy at the store are. <laughs> yeah, we'll 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 get there. We'll get there. They've got a they've got a different poison <laughs> on them, so you right. can't get to the fun poison. <laughs> But yeah, I was kind of like, you know, doing some research and I, you know, was excited to grow a plant that I thought might be a little bit poisonous. Turns out ever, it's more fun, psychedelic poisonous, but. Have you ever grown morning glories? No, this is going to be my first year. Oh, they're know. beautiful. They've got to be convolvulus, right? Well, they're in the family of convolvulus, the okay. twining vines, but they're in a different genus. Okay. And yeah. Yeah. We have some at my grandma's house that like I grew them when I was in high school because maybe I read something in in a book, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, now we just have beautiful morning glories, and uh, yeah, you know, I experienced the thrill of what they had to offer, and now they're just beautiful flowers, gorgeous, you know? gorgeous flowers, mm-hmm. and um, you know, honestly, that's one of the things about what we're going to talk about is that all of these plants have lots of different uses and practical applications. Oftentimes, the very drugs that can be harmful at, you know, the right amounts are actually quite helpful. So, uh, you know, this is not a uniformly like, well, this is the dialectical nature of of existence, right? Things that are helpful can be harmful. And, you know, things that are beautiful can also be deadly. Man, but you know how many people literally believe that, like, everything is just a fucking 
computer program like everything's either a zero or a one <laughs> i'm serious it's either good or bad or zero or one i'm serious I mean, yeah man. i understand people i understand that, that people shit. think that yeah <clears throat> i mean it's a it's a dumb and reductive way of existing in my opinion but that's just my opinion i'm not gonna yeah i'm not gonna make a podcast about it or anything oh, okay good <laughs> You got a busy enough schedule now. No kidding. Well, you don't, you don't need another podcast. I know. Well, let's just kick it off with honestly, this is one of my favorite plants, Jared. I love this plant, the stinging nettle, Urtica yeah. dioica. I was just talking about that today. Probably one of the coolest, most useful plants that there is. Oh yeah, and also <clears throat> happens to be a great like uh, defensive plant if you want to keep people out of a certain area. Yeah, I think I'm going to grow some other plants there. I think I'm going to plant a shitload of them in my tree lines. Like, instead of having an actual fence, I'm just going to sow a bunch of stinging nettles. Yeah, classic. I mean, you could be a great meth head deterrent, I think. And better even than uh, poison ivy, which we'll talk about later. I think stinging nettle has a much more immediate effect. Oh, yeah. Poison ivy wouldn't do anything. Yeah. Plus, it would, like, actually harm people. Yeah. Like stinging nettles aren't going to hurt. They're not going to hurt you. Just get over it. Right. It's kind <laughs> you of can a... just walk through it. It's fine. Just find some jewel weed, rub it on you. Mm-hmm. It'll... It's an ephemeral pain. It yeah. goes away quickly. You know about that, though, don't you? Yeah. You, the, you can crush the up the jewel weed and the, mm-hmm. the like sap coming out of it will like neutralize yeah. the stinging nettle. Well, and the jewel weed is so fun. And we're saying jewel weed. Yeah. It's not one of the countless numbers of other plants that are just named Wandering Jew for some reason. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know, that has nothing to do with this one. The auricularia mushrooms are just called Jew's ears for some reason. And, <laughs> uh, I, a lot of plants were named at a time when like anti-Semitism was just rife throughout Western society. Oh, yeah. The Age of Enlightenment. Yeah, exactly. Totally such, enlightened people. Such enlightened people. All the, the precursors to why we're so <laughs> smart and have everything figured out now in the world. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> white culture in 2021, we have everything figured out. This oh. is all under control. I, I've been thinking about this lately. Um, you know how, like, the 90s, there was a lot of, like, media that was made kind of about cultural malaise? Like, I think about, like, American Beauty and bullshit like that where it was like oh my suburban existence is so like you know (laughs) turned out there was a reason that kevin spacey was so great at that role right i know (laughs) (laughs) he was born to play it but it was all kind of like in that assumption that there was like some end of history and that now there was like nothing you know nothing coming i feel like we're now in the inverse of that where we feel like we're at (laughs) the the end of history we're at the end of the future well, yeah, we're at, and now it's at the beginning of like some new phase of history, but because like we got, you know, Biden or something, there's like four years of reprieve, but all the boomers have even kind of figured out that shit's fucked. And so like people are just like enormously unhappy and it's only kind of marginally related to the misery of their lives. I feel like I agree. Um, Sorry, I just cracked open that chilada thing. and Like people are just waiting for the other God, shoe to good. fall, I guess. I don't know. Pretty much. I, yeah. What else What else do you do? Yeah, wait for you know the expanding sun to cook off <clears throat> yeah. Earth's atmosphere, basically. <laughs> or 
Well, I don't know if we'll live to see that, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> All right, yeah, stinging nettles. I'll go back to stinging nettles. I thought you were about so to you, bring up Jeffrey Epstein for a second. <laughs> you mentioned uh, we <laughs> we're gonna get to Socrates. <laughs> um, so you mentioned yeah the the effect of stinging nettles. Basically, the stinging nettle plant is covered in thousands of little hypodermic needles. Oh yeah, and it's interesting because you know. I love some cannabis and this is actually the same type of appendage that produces the sting as to what produces THC on the cannabis plant and which is called a trichome, just kind of a little glandular hair. Now on the stinging nettle though, those are loaded up with actually a lot of chemicals that our own bodies make like histamine, which we use for like our uh, allergies. I mean, yeah, histamine is literally what, your body starts producing when right. it's reacting to an allergen, right? Yes, yes. So, uh, <laughs> this is just like but, supercharging that? Yeah, as well as serotonin <laughs> and acetylcholine, which are you know common neurotransmitters. But basically, yeah, it's just like loaded up with that shit. It supercharges it, injects it directly into your skin. And you get this, this stuff called contact urticaria, which is a type of dermatitis. Like we said, usually pretty short-lasting. Um, eh, rubbing lasts with like, jewelweed. Lasts for like 10 minutes. Yeah. Um, even just cool water tends to alleviate it. I don't know. When and, I go on hike and I just walk right through the shit, I don't care. And I mean, yeah, yeah. If I'm with other people, they're very upset about it usually. But like, but if I you know, know about it, it seems to kind of like take the edge off. Yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it doesn't feel that bad. Like you said, it also has a little bit of serotonin in there. So like, right. you know, it's not going to kill you. You can get into it, you know? Yeah, it's fine. You get enough of it and you just like stop noticing it, I feel like. Mm-hmm. Like you ever talk to like old women with uh, rheumatoid arthritis and people will like say like you can use bee stings to like alleviate that type yeah. of swelling. Same deal with, with stinging nettles. It alleviates like rheumatism and swelling and stuff because it draws the 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 allergic <laughs> reaction, which is what's giving you swelling, yeah. away from your joints. <laughs> it's like the same thing as how like people with like hyperactivity disorders, like uppers, calm them down somehow. I mean, in a sense, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like it does, it shouldn't make shouldn't make intuitive sense, but it works. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> So, um, nettles, they're an old world plant and I will just kind of, I don't know for the, for the real plant nerds out there, I'll just point out the scientific name Urtica dioica, that specific epithet, the second part dioica refers to the dioecious nature of the plant. So for all the prize money, Jared, what is a dioecious plant? Fuck. Uh, I swear to God, I used to know this. So dioica in Greek means of two houses. Of two houses. Does that mean that it has like uh it like <clears throat> forms like a huge mass? Uh it means that there are separate male and female plants. Ah, okay, that's right. Versus monoecious, which would have both right. types of flowers on one plant, and then perfect flowers would have yes. um would have male and female parts within a single flower. Is the other so, one monoecious or whatever? Yes. Yeah. Okay. All right. I don't know. I, I love that shit. Once again, it's like a cannabis plant then. 
Yeah, cannabis is another dioecious plant. That's right. So can they can they flip genders then, like cannabis plants can? Ooh, that's a good question. Well, these do grow stoloniferously, so through like you know roots on the ground. I wonder if different like new shoots could have like uh, different sex. Could be. That's what I. Th- yeah, that's what I thought it meant for a second. But <clears throat> well, I'm gonna put me down for I don't know. Possibly. <laughs> can you propagate cannabis plant? Can you like clone them with root divisions like you could with metals? Now that I don't think so. I don't think you can use, well, I mean, technically you could clone a plant off of any tissue that you can get from it using an auger as a medium. Nah, no, you can't. <laughs> well, that's why like plants are like so what so much cooler than humans. <laughs> could you like imagine getting a piece of like lung tissue and just tossing it on some auger and then like growing a new lung? Like that would be fucking dope. Yeah. You can do that with plants. Like, you can do that. Really? Um, I thought that only works for certain cells depending on the plant. Like, Well, you can grow a mass of undifferentiated tissue, but you can then apply different, like, you know, hormonal or light treatments to trigger a, a vegetative response, basically. I see. There's, you can do a lot of wild shit with plants, man. And we're going to talk about some of it. Well, sounds like today. I need to get back into agar. I used to in my spare time use that for something (laughs) (laughs) so uh nettles they're an old world plant but now they're widely naturalized throughout the new world they were one of the first ones to come across on the you know colombian exchange and so now all over north and south america you also find stinging nettles as you do through much of eurasia and africa so if you've been in the midwest you definitely have seen them they're everywhere plenty of them Nettles are a sign of soil fertility where you see them. And in fact, in, in uh, Eurasia, nettles are often a sign of ancient settlements. If they're just growing out there in the middle of nowhere, there probably used to be like a house or a hog yard or some cattle yeah. that were hanging out around there. They love fertilized, disturbed areas. Exactly. So also, if you see some growing like in an area that you have access to, that'd be a good place to put a yeah. garden. It's good soil. Yeah. yeah. They grow in good soil and they improve the soil. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young foliage on nettles is edible. Quite delicious. Yeah, with, I mean, kind of like a spinachy type flavor, I yeah. would say. We put some but, in the, the morels and trout last spring. Yeah. You don't want to eat them when they're too mature, though, because they can kind of develop these, like, cystoliths, these little, like, gritty stuff that can clog up your urinary tract you don't want to mess with that plus the texture sucks yeah yeah and you just like boil them or even just rinse them thoroughly with water and that'll kind of negate some of the stinging because it's not so bad on the young shoots Uh, also nettles are a great compost activator because they're really high in nitrogen so you throw some nettles uh, onto your compost or even use them as like a, a cover crop or something like that I don't know if you'd want to use them as a cover crop. How do you get rid well, of them? Apparently, tilling really knocks them back very well. They don't they don't do well under tilling. Mowing uh, with nettles for whatever reason kind of amplifies them. You get totally. more nettles. But tilling, although yeah, I would kind of see what you're saying. Tilling the, like makes the it, once you get that seed bed of them going, mm-hmm. man. Like at least when I was a kid growing up, like yeah. sure the disc would get rid of them, but dude, they'd be back in like fucking yeah. three weeks. Maybe you wouldn't want to necessarily like use mature and seeded out nettles. 
as a as a cover crop. Yeah, you but, definitely would um, want to get them before they reproduce. I think. Right, but as an addition to the compost, that's a that's a big ten four. Oh yeah. I have one other uh, interesting note here about stinging nettles, which is that they're as of late or as of 2010, they were being used in the indigenous justice system of Ecuador. So uh, elaborate what? <laughs> so there's this article, <laughs> there's this article from the BBC, um, which is titled Ecuador's indigenous justice system on trial. What are they using it as like a punishment? <laughs> I'll, I'll read from the article. A few thousand people are gathered in La Cocha, an indigenous community in the Ecuadorian Andes, as a naked man is forced to carry a heavy bag of rocks around the town square. The 22-year-old man is then tied to a post and drenched with cold water as people call him murderer and traitor in the local Quechua language. The ceremony continues with women whipping him with stinging nettles and local leaders flogging his back with a leather strap. This was the punishment that local indigenous authorities gave to Quispe and four others for allegedly killing another local man, Marco Olivo. The five young men were also ordered to pay about $7,000 in reparations to the community. So um, this garnered interest from the BBC because they were like, look at these horrible you know, tortures from like the indigenous people of Ecuador. And there was like a whole like Supreme Court case in Ecuador about it, but basically, like the Ecuadorian you got pretty goddamn light for killing a guy. I know that's what I'm thinking. Right? <laughs> like, fuck, uh, I used to get whipped with a belt all the time when I was a kid. Well, and here this is the funny part. So in this, they they offer their own leading headline here. Um, it's raising questions: Is indigenous justice an abuse of human rights? And I'm like, what? Let me compared to <laughs> let me, what? Right, compared to what? Let me put down the bong for a second and be like, dude, what if all criminal punishment is an abuse of human rights? I mean, it is. <laughs> you know? Well, basically, these indigenous people say that stuff like this is a better way because it basically, like, gives people, like, um, you know, social binding to the community. Like, they're, yeah. they're in front of everybody. They make a big deal about it. But likewise, they stay part of the community. And there's like basically like the, that's that's their punishment, and they can be rehabilitated. Then now nah, they don't, you they don't just, go to prison. Uh, you just lock them in a cage and make sure they can't ever really like function normally right. again. Well, the indigenous people responded to these queries by saying that actually, you know, locking people in a cage for you know however many years is actually a worse abuse of human rights, and huh. actually makes it harder for people to reintegrate into society. Than just like yeah. kind of having a, a social punishment that involves, again, I mean, yeah, you're naked, you're carrying heavy rocks, you get lashed by stinging nettles, and you pay $7,000. I think you can come back from that, though. You know, I think, I think you honestly, could, it seems about right. I think you could fucking sell that as like some type of personal development retreat for $7,000, and people would oh. gladly go do it. Yeah, CEOs would definitely <laughs> pay way more than that to yeah. do that shit. As long as yeah. it wasn't pitched as a punishment, if it was pitched right. as like some type of like personal strength development thing. Yeah. So I, I think that's kind of a fun use of nettles. And also, this is just a personal story, but I think stinging nettles were actually the first plant I ever identified on my own. That makes sense. 
Yeah, well, I remember distinctly I was uh, at a small stream in Nebraska trout fishing when I was probably like 10 or 12 years old. And I was out there by myself. And there's a lot of overhangs, so you have to wade in the stream so that you can cast effectively. So I was wearing shorts, and I was walking through all these plants, and I was getting stings on my legs. Oh, yeah. And it, it occurred to me, like, oh, these must be stinging nettles. This must be what stinging nettles look like. I mean, other people had, like, told me about other plants, and I had, you know, like, my dad would, like, pay me to pull different weeds and stuff. But this was, like, my first, like, by my own wits kind of plant identification. So, yeah, stinging nettles hold a special place in my heart. Right on. They were, like, the bane of our existence when I was a kid. Those and Curly Doc. There's also some conjecture that Curly Doc could be a... like an alleviating application for stinging nettle stings. I could see that. They definitely, if you chop off the base of that root, there's Mm -hmm. a ton of that, like that, like substance that's in like okra and stuff. Mucilage. Yeah. 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 Kind of slimy stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, and they say that that's a potential treatment for poison ivy as well, but there's not a whole lot of research backing that up. Jewelweed um, is definitely something that, really alleviates uh, poison ivy and yeah it has that definitely. same that mucilage stuff in it mm-hmm. i don't know if that's the exact mechanism but so yeah let's move on to yeah uh the morning glories which are a lot of different plants in the genus ipomea but primarily we're talking blue morning glory ipomea purpurea and this is actually a new world plant native to like new spain you know central america latin america and was actually used in a lot of ritualistic ceremonies by like the Aztecs and the Mayans, long recognized for its psychoactive potentials. Oh yeah. Unlocking the secret of the morning glory is not very difficult. Yeah. I'll, I'll talk a little bit about how, how you do that. (laughs) Should we be doing that? (laughs) Well, I can at least refer people to, you know, a stellar resource. And really this is where you want to go. If you have any, any questions about any like, Let's just keep it general and vague, like Father Hidalgo. If you have any questions about how you would process, manufacture, grow, harvest plants of a certain nature, you want to go to arrowid.com. dot org. Ooh, dot org, okay. Arrowid, that's E-R-O-W-I-D dot org. And I'll include a link to it in the description on the podcast. But I'm kind of surprised that it's still like the best game in town. You know what I mean? It's been around for so long. Honestly, the the science you can find on Arrowhead is way better than the science you can find in academic literature. Totally, because it's straightforward and like layman terms and it actually teaches you how to do useful things. Right. And, and, you know, the people writing are doing it from their own experience and... You, I mean, their own lives are on the line, so there's a little bit more personal, yeah. too. So, And, uh, um, you know, if you do happen to go get a bachelor's degree, don't buy that shit about anecdotal evidence not counting, because that is a bunch of horse shit. It is a bunch of horse shit, yeah. <laughs> uh, man, fucking empiricism. What a load of horse shit. I'm done with it, man. Who needs it? What did it, what did it get us? The fucking atom bomb? Donald Trump? Hell no. Wait, how did empiricism get us Donald Trump? All the the um, pundits looking at their charts and graphs, right? 
insane. Oh, yeah, but that was all made <laughs> up. That's not even empiricism. That's just like fucking, I don't well, even know. But that's what I'm saying, dude. It, with empiricism, you can still just make shit up. You can still just manufacture your data to meet whatever your predetermined you know, goals are. Look at how much work you did, though. That had to have been it, worth it. Well, and there's some, and there is some research out there that points to like how much it's a ridiculous <clears throat> amount of published scientific literature is basically hokum. I mean, of course it's based it is. on, it's just based on nothing. I mean, um, okay, pick any field, go back 50 years and read what right. they were publishing. And then you can either believe that we're smarter now, or right. you can remember that, oh yeah, we're like the same people. And we just think that we're still right about all this stuff. Get first-hand accounts, go to arrowwood.org and read up because, yeah, let's jump back to uh, Morning Glories briefly. The seeds of the Morning Glory contain high levels of LSA, lysergic acid amide, which is like a similar compound to LSD, which is, of course, a well-known psychoactive. It also contains some other alkaloids that might be, you know, somewhat psychoactive. And again, as we mentioned earlier, there's this common myth that morning glory seeds are poisonous when actually in their true form, they're just a mild psychoactive. They're not poisonous. It's just mildly psychoactive. They act upon the serotonergic system, which is basically um, the serotonin signaling system. Also the target of fucking your SSRIs, all that bullshit that you go to the doctor to get. You could just go to the fucking seed store and buy some morning glory seeds, except, as Jared indicated earlier. (laughs) Yeah, you can't be having that. Yeah, you can't just have people take their, you know, health and well-being into their own hands. So what you do is most morning glory seeds that are sold commercially in the United States are coated in methylmercury, which is a neurotoxin. A heavy metal that basically causes permanent brain damage. Yeah. So they are toxic. Now. <laughs> yeah. And the United States has no legal requirement to disclose methylmercury treatment on nope. seeds that are sold in the store. The only reason I found that out was because of Arrowhead. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So, I mean. Because I was definitely going to just go. And buy like a 98 cent packet of morning glory seeds and, you know, maybe do a little chemistry project real quick. Yeah. Well, it's it's so fucking stupid because just to keep like, you know, people from getting a cheap high, they would rather give you permanent brain damage and just knock you out of society. Yeah. As evidenced by how cheap Robitussin is. Yeah. Yeah. They would rather you, you know, go on, get on Prozac and your SSRIs and, you know, kind of get addicted into the medical industrial complex than just kind of be a free spirit experiment with a few different mild psychoactives. Boy, they had me for a while, though. They get a lot of people, man. I know. The fucked thing is, if you are taking those, then stuff like this doesn't work anymore. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't do anything, or it might destroy your brain. Right. Um, Still, Morning Glory, in its natural state, has a long history of use in Central America. The seeds by themselves are not poisonous, and so certainly what you could do would be to just grow your own Morning Glory and then harvest the seeds. Yeah, you just got to wait a little while. 
You yeah. can't just pop down to true value and then have a good Sunday. You got to fucking go have yeah, a good and, Sunday and plant some seeds and then wait like five months. and Right. <clears throat> and I'm going to harvest the seeds from the ones that I'm growing this year. Hell yeah. Have you ever tried LSA before? I haven't, no. It's different. I've just done some LSD. It's, it's different. But yeah, on Arrowid, I found a fantastic guide on the preparation of Morning Glory seeds. With about 50 to 100 seeds, you can get a good dose of LSA. And alongside that, you just need some very basic equipment. Coffee grinder, coffee filters, uh, an ethanol-based liquid like Everclear or Strong Vodka. <clears throat> it's been brought to my attention that apparently Everclear is not ubiquitous like i thought it was like um well you can apparently do this even with a strong vodka yeah yeah i think uh anything over 70 percent, i think works yeah and the only thing you might have difficulty finding would be a petroleum ether you might have to like look at at like some like arts and craft type stuff or uh something in the home improvement section to find a comparable substance yeah just go to your hardware store. They'll know what you're looking for. But apparently you can, even with commercially bought seeds, according to this guide that I found on Arrowwood, if you just like wash them in water and a detergent really well and give them a good scrub, that can remove remove that toxin. So I would just grow my own yeah. personally. Then you get but, a little gardening project and you get to see yeah. the beautiful morning glory flowers. Gorgeous. I yes. mean, they... <clears throat> which is of course the only reason that I am going to grow morning glory and that all of our listeners would is yeah. purely for aesthetic reasons. They're awesome too. You can like, we've got like this old bird feeder that broke, but we just keep that mm-hmm. up and it's like right in the middle of where the morning glories grow. So they climb up it and then form this huge mass, like at the top of it. Right. <clears throat> yeah. And you would not eat any of the seeds because the government loves you and drugs are bad. Yes. <laughs> do not. Do not <laughs> don't do any of that. I'm just going to drink this beer more. Yeah, just drink this beer while I take some Prozac and uh... mind-altering substances. <laughs> <are no> good, <laughs> kids. Unless they have a nice barcode on them. Yeah, dude, I, I subbed at, like, a rich middle school on Friday, and I think half those kids were on Adderall, man. I would imagine. <laughs> oh, oh you God. mean prescribed Adderall. Oh, who the fuck, who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I remember what was going on when I was in, like, fucking... <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, like, all the people I knew in school who were on Adderall were selling their Adderall. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, I went to school with a bunch of rich kids. Like, yeah. there's a bunch of cor- poor kids, but there's a bunch of rich kids. Yeah. Meanwhile, the poor kids are eating morning glory seeds and getting heavy metal poisoning from the government. Yeah, we were doing way cooler shit than those, than the rich kids were. Fucking God, God bless America. <laughs> <clears throat> All right. This next one is another garden plant, but this one actually is a little bit more dangerous than the morning glory. This is the foxglove, Digitalis purpurea beautiful another gorgeous plant has these very like bell-shaped flowers sometimes called death bells because of the presence of this uh digoxin in digitalis plants yeah i actually was not aware that these were toxic i've grown 
tons of them. Yeah, so uh, the foxgloves are old world plants. And again, this is one that's pretty well naturalized throughout much of North America, at least. Yeah, they're another one that once, I mean, same with morning glories. Once you plant those, they'll just self-seed and they just come back. You know, I meant, I meant to mention that um, morning glories are an example of kind of a reverse colonizer. Like now they're naturalized throughout much of like the tropical and subtropical world uh, in the old world. Some species went the other way. I mean, reverse colonizer from our perception of like right. colonizing, it's still them colonizing new places. They went the other way in the Columbian Exchange. Yeah. So, yeah. Digitalis, all parts of the foxglove plant are considered medicinal slash toxic. What is it, like a purgative? uh, Well, Digitalis also describes drugs derived from the plant. And these contain these chemicals called cardiac glycosides. And they have this narrow therapeutic window where they can actually help people with like congestive heart failure and that's typically going to be like infants and the elderly, but also people with uh, arrhythmia and irregular heartbeat. They can um, help help those people at small doses, basically. And this is actually recognized as far back as 1785 in some English medicinal texts. So the way that this stuff works is it basically kind of regulates the heart rate. It does that by inhibiting an enzyme, sodium-potassium ATPase. And this is kind of controlling that. I don't know. I'm not going to go all, all, all back through you know organic chem and bio and stuff. But I'll just say you've got these sodium-potassium pumps. It has to do with how the cell works and how it interacts with other cells. <clears throat> and when you have... Anybody listening into America has heard this like nine times throughout their right. school career, right? Yeah, I mean, I feel like, I don't know, I think a lot of our listeners are just like unemployed or partly employed PhDs, so this is probably like old news for them. Yeah. Um, well, dude, I feel like even just in like middle school and like in high school, through yeah. taking like biology classes and chemistry classes, we were like talking about fucking sodium potassium, sodium pump. potassium pumps. Yeah. <clears throat> so this basically targets those in your heart tissue. And ACE is and an enzyme, right? Yeah, ATPase is an enzyme on the cell uh, membrane. suffix ace means enzyme, right? Correct, correct. And so this kind of like acts as an an agonist. It kind of like improves uh, the function. Well, actually, it antagonizes this particular um, enzyme. But by doing that, it improves the function of the cardiac um, muscle by basically lowering the concentration gradient of... uh, you know, electrical charge required for the the muscle to or the cell, which is part of the muscle, to contract. So it improves heart contractions and therefore cardiac output to a point. Which mean that's why it helps congestive heart failure because it basically makes heart the heartbeat more regular and more strongly. Just makes it easier for your heart to beat. Right. Um, <clears throat> that being said, this is one where just a dab will do you. Because you get much more than that particular threshold, which is not high. We're talking a few milligrams here. Then it can kind of like go too far in the other direction. Then it just shuts have, it off. It can either just shut down or start being way too fast. And um, <clears throat> yeah, lead to cardiac arrest. 
So again, this is one common garden plant, widely naturalized. And again, has a very important use. It, I, I think that now other drugs that are like aren't as lethal past a certain dose have now been kind of selected over this for uh, heart conditions. But still, you know, in the post-apocalyptic future with, you know, when we go back to herbalism, foxglove is going to be, uh, you know, an important <clears throat> plant. Now we're going to get into the, the, the big bads, okay? This one, I don't know if you've heard of this one, Jared. It's does got it, a fun scientific name. Does it smell like socks? I don't know if it smells like socks. Oh. This is Toxicoscordian venenosum, which is also known as death camis. All right. I don't think I do know that one. I think of all the plants we talk about, this is the one that would be coolest as a name for a, a punk band. Death Canvas. Uh, yeah, Death Canvas. Yeah, it's just like a gnarly looking flower on the album cover. This is another uh, American native, native to the prairies of Western North America. It grows in South Dakota, Colorado, um, all the way up into Canada and all the way down into Western Mexico. And it actually has a look-alike, and a lot of people get poisoned because they mistake it for the wild onion. So this is one to, to watch out for if you're out there doing some edible collecting. But all parts of the death camas are extremely toxic, and it contains this neurotoxic alkaloid called zygosine. Um, with a comparatively, I mean, it's kind of a fair to middling type of LD50 on this one. LD50 is the lethal dose 50% of the time. And for humans, that's going to be around 10 grams of the plant. That's quite Not a an bit. Insig- it's quite a bit, yeah. So, again, there's a lot of poisonings, not so many deaths for this one. They just make you wish you were dead, maybe, for a little while. Right, Yeah. So this one attaches to voltage-gated sodium ion channels in neural cells and basically keeps those ion channels open, which means that the cell remains at resting potential and um, basically, like, can't fire or just, like, keeps firing in some cases. And you have unregulated muscle contraction and, in extreme cases, the loss of parasympathetic nervous functions. Those are things like your heart, and uh, lung controls, All the digestion. stuff you don't think about that keeps you alive. Exactly, yeah, <clears throat> that's exactly it. So, again, though, you'd, it would take a lot to, uh, to kill you with, with death camas. Moving on from death camas, we've got a couple of plants. And, you know, I think you can still kind of safely mess around with wild onions. Because if you got one death camas in there, you'd probably be all right. But these plants are the reason I don't fuck with wild carrots. In, and I'm a trained oh, botanist. Oh, come on. They're not that hard to identify. I'm a trained botanist, <clears throat> but I don't fuck with wild carrots. Oh, one of them's got hairs and smells like socks, and the other one <laughs> won't kill you. Uh, I'm lumping a couple together here. In Europe, we have a poison hemlock, called, which is Conium maculatum. And that one is also naturalized in America, but we have our own version of it, which is like native to America as well, called the the cowbane or water hemlock, which is Secuta maculata. And that one has a fun 
uh, native name. Apparently, for uh, water hemlock or cowbane, the Iroquois called it suicide root. Hell yeah. Might also be a good band name. I don't know. Fuck yeah, dude. <clears throat> and, you know, that's it right there, right? Like, you want to commit suicide with a root, this is the one you go for. <laughs> yeah, that's what got Socrates. That's right, yeah. So they got him with um, the Eurasian one, obviously. But uh, yeah, so all parts of these plants are extremely poisonous. And in fact, cowbane is a, probably the most toxic plant that's like native to America or to the Americas. And in fact, this is, I thought this was crazy. In 1911, there was even a case where like a family was rubbing um, hemlock on their skin and two of the children died just Jesus. from just from uh, from dermal uptake Holy shit. of these toxins. Why were they doing that? <laughs> I I hate to say it, but I've rubbed some plants on my own skin before, so I'm okay. not gonna guess at why. But I mean, but I, yeah, I do it with ones that I know for a specific reason. But like, yeah. So with uh, I don't know why you'd be rubbing hemlock. I don't know why you'd be rubbing Queen Anne's lace on you, even if you did misidentify. Right. <laughs> Yeah, um, with water hemlock, uh, it has kind of a parsnip-like root, so it is occasionally mistaken for parsnips, and it kills a lot of livestock. This is like a constant problem for livestock uh, with these two. Hence the name cowbane. It's the bane of cows. I don't know, man. We had a lot of cows. None of ours ever fucking died from anything like that. I mean, you know... Uh, you have a lot of cows. Your neighbor has a lot of cows. Someone else has a lot of cows. In there, it wouldn't be that surprising if one or two cows, you know, died of it. And sometimes, you know, you might have a random cow death, and you might not be able to pin it on a particular cause. Yeah, uh, I suppose. Yeah. For humans with poison hemlock, only six to eight fresh leaves. Basically a fatal dose if ingested. What about the root? I feel like that's the part people are going to be eating. Well, it's mo- the it's most concentrated in the root. So really, um, we're talking about like so a fingernail type, any. barely any, a fingernail type amount of <clears throat> of root from either of these plants is enough to to kill you. And I really can't stress this enough: how dirt common both of these plants are. Oh, they're everywhere, and literally everywhere. They're beautiful. I mean, yeah. They are beautiful. They look like carrots. Um, uh, come on. They're easy to identify, dude. Yeah. So, you know, what you're, what Jared's referring to is that these poisonous variants typically have like spots. They have little purplish spots along the stem. Whereas Queen Anne's lace, the uh, non-poisonous wild carrot does not. But also poison hemlock smells awful. Yeah. <laughs> Like it does. It has a very. It, well, you said the socks, right? Yeah, like, it smells like socks. disgusting, sweaty feet. Mm-hmm. And Queen Anne's lace smells like a delicious carrot plus flowers. <laughs> <laughs> Queen Anne's lace being the one that's okay. Yeah. Again, but and also I more mean, common, at least around where I'm at, much more common. Yeah, I've I've found a few poison hemlocks, but not that many. When I was in high school, I was in botany class, <laughs> and I, I picked a bunch of poison hemlock because, like, my dad told me what it was, and I brought it in. That my very good friend who you know, Neil. That is a strong dad move right there. Yeah. Oh, you tried you, to you poison Neil? Neil? 
I told him it was parsley and he was about to eat it. And then like our teacher uh, jumped in and was like, no, <laughs> I would have stopped him. I would have stopped him. I wouldn't want to get poison. <laughs> sure. You would have about to fucking be whipping you with some belts and nettles, bitch. Uh, so again, we got some, some nefarious alkaloids in these plants. We have conine and conium maculatum poison hemlock, which works postsynaptically at the neuromuscular junction, also on the parasympathetic neuro- nervous system. And that basically leads to respiratory paralysis. So that's like the first effect. It kind of gets you from the toes up. And I thought I might just read this excerpt from the execution of Socrates. So there's like a fun little quote. Get you from the toes up. What does that even mean? Like uh, the the paralysis effect starts at your toes. Oh, numbness, okay. And then it Shit, slowly th- works up your body. I thought it just like shut your breathing down. That's how it. That's how it kills you. Is because it gets to your lungs before it gets to your heart. Yeah, still it paralyzes so, you first though. Yeah, it basically you remain conscious, but your you can't breathe, and so you suffocate and you die from lack of oxygen. Uh, as you're slowly paralyzed to death. So this is, I'm quoting here from Plato describing, describing Socrates' death. So yeah, as we mentioned earlier, Socrates, famous like teacher in Athens. We, we call him a pedophile, but you know, all these people were pedophiles. Was basically. he also? It's just like one of those things that for the ancient Greeks, it was like such a non-issue. They wouldn't even like bother to, to mention it. Well, it was just so ubiquitous that it wasn't even like something you had mentioned it was just that type of thing just like yeah obviously we'll have to do like an episode on like pedophilia in ancient greece i mean that's where the word <laughs> was comes it like from. A th- it's, was it's it like pedophilia. a thing it's, was it's it like Greek. a thing where like you only knew who the not pedophiles were because everyone else made fun of those guys for being weird? right like diogenes probably was <laughs> like that's why he was an outcast because he wouldn't rape kids yeah <laughs> he's just like fuck you guys i'm gonna live in the gutter <laughs> i hate you So yeah, Socrates, I'm just quoting from uh, Wikipedia here. Socrates, the most famous victim of hemlock poisoning, was accused of impiety and corrupting the minds of young men of Athens in 399 BC. Wait, are you sure? Did they specify how he was doing that? Was he literally being like, hey, maybe you shouldn't rape people? And they were like, he is corrupting the youth. We cannot have this. Well, I don't know. If you've read like Plato's dialogues, you know he was just kind of a asshole who always questioned authority. Oh yeah. And, you know, I think so I'll just give the brief definition totally. of impiety. I, you've cut out me bitching about Plato a couple times now, I think. So impiety is a perceived lack of proper respect for something considered sacred. And of course, we would know nothing about that, Jared. No, not at all. No. We only treat like America's, you know, uh, historical figures with extreme piety. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Socrates definitely had it coming. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to read the quote. Basically, Socrates got to choose death or exile. He chose death. And he decided on the potent infusion of hemlock, which Plato describes. The man laid his hands on him after a while, examined his feet and legs, then pinched his foot hard and asked if he felt it. He said no. 
then after that his thighs, and passing upward in this way, he showed us that he was growing cold and rigid. And then again he touched him and said that when it reached his heart, he would be gone. The chill had now reached the region about his groin, and uncovering his face, which had been covered, he said, and these were his last words, Crito, we owe a cock to Asclepius. Pay it and do not neglect it. That, said Crito, shall be done, but see if you have anything else to say. To this question he made no reply, but after a little while he moved. The attendant uncovered him, his eyes were fixed, and Crito, when he saw it, closed his mouth and eyes. Such was the death of Socrates. Huh, there was some guy named Milkweed at this dude's death? <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> right on. You know, we, we owe a lot of plant, plant wisdom and names to the old Greek bastards. Um, yeah, Asclepius, the genus of Milkweeds. Name for this guy who I think was like, like a healer. I think he was like a kind of a, a healer at this time. Okay, good. I was going to be like, was this dude just like leaking white goo all the time? And that's why they named Milkweed <laughs> after him? Uh, all right, now I need to look up Asclepius. <laughs> so yeah, Asclepius, genus of herbaceous flowering plants known as milkweeds. Where's my etymology? Come on. <clears throat> I still don't understand why certain things get stuck in my brain. Uh, Asclepius... Uh, in mythology was the greek god of healing and this just must have been a guy named asclepius all right yeah so socrates you know death owed to a real one but then i'll also point out with uh cicutoxin which is in that um north american variety of uh these deadly hemlocks the uh, water hemlock Cicutoxin kind of works in a in the in a different way than conine, in that this is a GABA antagonist in the central nervous system. And GABA is a neurotransmitter that acts to inhibit activity. So basically, like it it gates things and slows things down. Um, like alcohol is a GABA agonist. Actually, like it kind of like that's why it's a depressant is because it works with GABA. Whereas this one blocks GABA signaling and that leads to seizures. But the, the effect is the same because the seizures still lead to uh, like respiratory paralysis. It's just the kind of, kind of from the opposite way of paralysis. What do you know about gabapentin? I don't know anything about it. Okay. Apparently it's like a big thing lately. Uh, we don't really have like the opiate abuse around here as much as we uh-huh. have like meth heads, and apparently gabapentin is like really popular as like a drug of abuse in this area. And it's I, uh, I haven't even heard of it. Um, I hadn't either, really, until recently. Well, if it's named <clears throat> like after GABA, it probably has something to do with that signaling pathway. Yeah, that's why um, I brought it up. Yeah, well, I, and I, you know, I think for both of us speaking. Speaking for myself, at least, my knowledge of organic chemistry is, like, skin deep. Um, I probably know most of what we talk about all of the time less than you do, so, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, I'm sure the, like, Texas James is probably, like, shouting at his iPhone or something about data right. signaling. But... Texas James, well, when you inevitably come on this podcast, 
you should school us on gabapentin for like there you go for like i don't know four and a half minutes <laughs> tops yes <laughs> all right so our next one um this one's kind of a famous plant and that it featured predominantly in the plot of breaking bad which is the lily of the valley oh yeah also known as convalaria magellis so this one is kind of a ornamental plant. And actually I noticed that my neighbors planted a bunch of these out by my fence like last year. This one is actually like pretty toxic and it poisons a lot of kids because they see these little like bell shaped flowers and these little <clears throat> red berries and they eat them. Oh yeah. And they're just like growing them out there in the open. I mean, they're like... naturalized around here, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're another species native to the old world that's naturalized in Yeah, in I see them. I feel like I see them and that like fake Solomon seal mm-hmm. growing in the same areas. Yeah, and this is in that that same like kind of group with Solomon seal. It looks kind of like Solomon seal. Yeah, they seem like they like the same conditions anyway. Mhm. <clears throat> and this one also contains similar cardiac glycosides to things like foxglove. And interestingly, it also was used as a wart for sore hands or like a like a salve to rub on sore hands. Um, I'm not exactly sure why that is, but it's one of these that contains like a lot of different active compounds, many of which are toxic. So similar similar method of action to foxglove. I don't think we need to go back over that. Um, I didn't prepare anything on this, but I feel like I also should throw in, since we mentioned Breaking Bad, another plot point in there is from uh, ricin, which can be derived from the castor bean in genus ricinus. Ricinus communis is the castor bean. Yeah, I grew a couple. There's this place in Omaha that's like like the Humane Society, but for plants. And I got a few castor beans from that lady. They're really pretty. Oh, they're gorgeous, kind of like bushy. <clears throat> I mean, it's a, it's an annual plant, but it gets so big, you know. Yeah, it looks yeah, they're really cool, very impressive. What's up with uh, they? They have leaves like okra, sort of. They've got these great big palmate leaves, or like cannabis a little bit, like they have... yeah, kind of like cannabis. Uh, and let's see, they're native to yeah, like the Mediterranean, East Africa. So it's an old world plant. Yeah. They Primarily look, just grown ornamentally here in America. Yeah. They look to me like kind of a cross between like okra and like a poinsettia. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a really good way of describing it. <clears throat> but yeah, the seeds contain high levels of ricin, which is um, extremely toxic. Now, what's up with castor oil, though? Isn't that like a thing that people used to drink or something well, like that? Well, you can also... That came from beavers, actually. Um, oh, no kidding. <laughs> So, uh, Castor canadensis is actually the beaver, the American beaver. Oh, no shit. Okay, isn't there, like, some crazy, like, fucking testicle gland thing that they, like, use as some type of, like, food flavoring that comes from, like, beaver nuts? Uh, or some shit like that? See, uh, alright, again, my, my O-Kim knowledge. <laughs> right, we're going out in the weeds here now. It's a little bit out, yeah, we're a little out in the weeds on Garden Variety Perverts. But, um, I think that there's some connection between, like, the castor oil of the castor bean and the American beaver. 
Um, is it, okay. Maybe, that castor oil shit though, that's like something that like old people drank as like a medicine or some yes. shit, right? That's and not it was from even beavers, used as like, though, right? Well, it was even like used as a lubricant like during World War One. And that's it was used probably like, what the beaver thing's for. For like lamp oil and stuff like yeah. that. But well, I, they, actually, you know, this just isn't crazy like, though. They just used to like blend penguins for like fucking <laughs> lubricant. Yeah. I back mean, in the well, day. They, this is the thing is because, you know, we mentioned this with like stinging nettle. Stinging nettle is using a bunch of chemicals that your body makes naturally on its own. You know, when we talk about like the differences between plants and animals, you know, it's all fucking DNA. You know, all the, the appearances are superficial. You're only playing with, you know, your four, uh, your four nucleide bases. So plants make serotonin same way that you make serotonin. They just use it for something else, you know. Uh, castor beans make castor oil the same way the beavers do they just you know have some other use for it right yeah talking about that isn't it kind of crazy how like uh like in western music theory there's 12 notes basically and Mm -hmm. uh in like the blueprint of all living things there's four yeah how can we narrow down this (laughs) i mean kind (laughs) of kind of six or whatever if you count like the rna ones yeah, right. I guess so. That's true. But I mean, still. Right. <laughs> but yeah, you know, a lot of these chemicals are highly conserved. Even something like, you know, cannabinoids. Your bot the only reason cannabinoids work in your body is cuz your body also makes cannabinoids. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> so, and the only reason they're called cannabinoids is because they were found in the plant first and then we're like, "Oh shit, our body makes it." Yeah. Bingo. It doesn't have yep. anything to do with like drugs. <laughs> yeah it's just the highly conserved you know nature of life basically you people know? are so smart they're, <laughs> they're so good at like naming things and then drawing arbitrary distinctions yeah well yeah it's like <laughs> we can't just call it cannabinoids because we have to call those ones phytocannabinoids <clears throat> those are the plant ones and ours are endocannabinoids because it's ours right yeah well you know yeah. how you know how well we like immigrants right we need yeah, to know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we need to know the, the ones you, you that keep were your phytocannabinoids on that side of the cell membrane, boy. <laughs> boy, I don't know. Once they end up in there, they all kind of look like the same thing. Yeah, well, that's. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up and um, do your lab homework, goddammit. <laughs> I'm a TA, for fuck's yeah. sakes. <laughs> So yeah, I I won't dwell too much on ricin, but I want to wrap up today by talking about my nemesis plant. A lot of these you could grow, you could grow probably pretty safely. You could use as a deterrent, like with stinging nettles. I think this one you have to be like a mean bastard to grow this on your property. And that is of course Toxicodendron radicans, the good old eastern poison ivy. Oh, okay. Yeah, just just good old fashioned poison ivy. So uh, poison ivy, you know, is a, a perennial deciduous plant that kind of grows in forested areas, but also sometimes in the open. It basically grows everywhere. You should it always does, be on the lookout. It does whatever the fuck it wants. Yeah. Sometimes it looks like a tree. Sometimes it looks like a vine. Sometimes mm-hmm. it's a shrub. Sometimes yeah. it looks like violet just a little like of. box elder sapling it can yeah imitate yeah it looks it looks exactly like box elders 
very similar yeah <clears throat> in the leaf shape um mm-hmm. but yeah so poison ivy uh its mechanism of action is <laughs> and box this... elder trees just look like they've been covered in poison ivy their whole right. life so they're just like <laughs> a, a living fucking wart yeah <laughs> of a tree i love box elders they're so nasty it's it's right up there with uh with hackberry for me and my favorite trees oh yeah but hackberries are beautiful man like box elders are just the most fucked up tree you'll ever find every every single one beautiful in their own way i mean oh yeah totally i'm just saying they're beautiful like those weird like pimply gourds are beautiful yeah yeah that's that's totally (laughs) i've never i've never seen a box elder tree where i'm like that thing looks healthy (laughs) <laughs> they all just look awful <laughs> they're like the mickey Rourke of plants <laughs> yeah <laughs> so yeah they often get um mistaken for poison ivy or poison ivy is often mistaken for box elder and poison ivy's method of action it's another one doubt, of these contact just, dermatitis just, when in doubt just act like it's poison ivy yeah yeah so um it uses this chemical called urushiol or urushiol, which basically is like this extremely stable oil. And I mean, I'm talking like this shit hangs around for years. Okay. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. It's like I've if, had, it's like if you get axle grease on something. Right. Or, um, uh, or creosote. Yeah. Another example. Uh, I've had clothes where I've gotten poison ivy in them that I've tried to wear two years after the contact and I've had another breakout because of exposure to orishiol. Just an extremely stable compound that causes, um, it can actually cause anaphylaxis depending upon where it contacts the skin. And I'll briefly talk about my experience with poison ivy. I was one of the 15 to 25% of people who had no allergic reaction to orishiol. I am currently one of those people. So I was, but I hit some threshold where I am no longer uh, after a certain amount of exposure. But I distinctly remember I used to be able to like pluck a poison. Well, this is, this sounds like what we were talking about with hemlock. I was going to say, it I, sounds I, like we found out <laughs> why you had this reaction. Well, I... I remember like demonstrating to like other people. I was like, this is poison Ivy. So watch out for it. Some people are immune like me, rub it on my skin. No reaction. Okay. I did that enough times. And eventually I started working in field botany. I had some get underneath. I was like, I was like in a forest in Iowa where there's poison Ivy, like at all levels of the forest. It was in the trees. It was on the ground. It got underneath a backpack strap. And basically I had it like rubbing into my shoulder for like two days because I thought (laughs) it can't be poison Ivy. I'm immune to poison Ivy, but I had hit that, that, uh, exposure threshold, which is again, like, you know, you should just never fall into these types of assumptions. You should never like assume that things are just one way because eventually you'll hit the exposure threshold and then you'll have probably, well, I have like basically a a half dollar sized scar on my shoulder from where this occurred. And I had like uh, the entire like uh, necrosis of tissue. I basically had like this black hole, like a pit in my shoulder from where this orishiol had been like ground into it. And a huge blister developed. I mean, there's some really gnarly pictures online. 
I mean, do you think it's a thing where, like, you were saying you were <clears throat> immune to it, rubbing it on your skin? I mean, that's mm. your epidermis. Did it literally, like, rub it in through past there and then it, like, got you know, into your dermis cells and caused all kinds of havoc? Honestly, I think this, this occurs a lot with immunology that, you know, people are able to acquire or lose, in some cases, immunity throughout their lives. Like, I know that it's not uncommon for people to develop an allergy to a certain food midlife, you know? <clears throat> so, um, totally. Actually, I'm not, uh, I'm not exactly sure of the mechanism of action on that. One but. of my roommates is like, used to be able, he used to be like me where he just had like a fucking iron gut, but yeah, now he's like picking up like lactose allergies and like allergies oh, to bummer, kind of like all kinds of stuff. Just yeah. kind of out of the blue. Yeah, so don't don't fall into a rut of, you know, stable thinking. Basically, no one likes a show-off. Like you're yeah. just immune to poison ivy. That's what I broke out of the last few days. Good for you, man. I thought I knew some things, and they weren't positive things, but then I went and, you know, engaged in some poison and altered my perception a little bit. Hell yeah. And, uh... Things have been a little bit better since then. Yeah. And but like <clears throat> I said, um, poison ivy, I wouldn't even grow this out at compost acres as a meth head deterrent. No. It's too mean. It's too mean. No, and, and it doesn't uh, act quickly enough. It's not pretty. Yeah. Um, it w- yeah, it wouldn't deter anybody. Nobody knows what the fuck it looks like, it seems like. Right. You don't even understand that you have it until like 10 minutes after you've been exposed. Yeah. You know. All right. Like a couple of things. Don't ever eat, well, don't ever eat any berry if you don't know what it is. Definitely don't eat any white berries. Oh, yeah. If you don't know what they are. And yep. uh, also, never burn poison ivy. Oh, yeah. That's a good one to throw in, for sure. <laughs> um, you're basically making, like, CS gas. You're you going to die. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're not, you're not going to, but it's going to, like, you think COVID's going to yeah. fuck your lungs up? Yeah. Inhaling I mean, that urethral or whatever, however you say it. Yeah. It's going to get um, in your eyes and your nose. Dude, my aunt got um, my aunt got poison ivy so bad this past year. She bought a house in Elk Point and uh, yeah. was like, <clears throat> I think she, she bought it from like an old person or whatever that the spouse had died and like everything kind of, you know, had fallen a little into disrepair. Mm-hmm. There's a shitload of poison ivy in there and oh, she boy. doesn't. Somehow she doesn't know how to identify poison ivy, even though, like... Oh, no. Her dad, the person that taught me how to, like, fish and hunt and identify mm-hmm. poison ivy, like... And, like, we should... Like, everyone in my family knows what poison ivy looks like, I thought. Right. But, yeah, she, like, pulled a bunch of it by hand, put all these weeds in a pile, let them dry out a little bit with, like, a bunch of sticks, and then lit it on fire. And, uh, dude, it messed her up. She had like oh, this insane allergic reaction, like welts all over her body and stuff. Dude, if I just think about poison ivy, I can feel tingling like in all the places where I have the re- residual scar tissue. Like oh, it's yeah. got, it leaves a psychological trauma, honestly. Like it I is can a imagine. Yeah. I mean, shit, dude, like with my knee injuries and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It leaves like a. I don't know. When you get fucked up bad and then you think it's going to start happening again, it messes with you. 
Right. <clears throat> um, yeah, so whereas with like stinging nettles, there's tons of information out there about how to cultivate and grow stinging nettles. There's like no information on how to cultivate and grow poison ivy, even if you wanted to look it up. Because why would um, you? Yeah. Like, why would you? It's not even. Uh, it's, it's not even fun. Yeah, it's not fun. It's not pretty. <laughs> yeah. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. Don't and it's we... not even like the, some of these other plants. It doesn't even like, uh, you can't, can't even like take someone out with it. You could only cause them like serious annoyance and psychological trauma. Yeah. And well, then they just want revenge. Like... Unless you, like, dried a bunch of it and, like, r- rolled them a blunt of, like, poison ivy leaves. <laughs> That'd probably kill somebody. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> They'd kill themselves, I bet. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up for, like, common plants of, you know, the <clears throat> garden and the local wilderness. Yeah, that... there's really not much, like, in at least in the Midwest. Yeah, but, you know, like, with Poison Hemlock, you know, that's the kind of shit, if you know what you're looking for, you know, he could do some damage with that. Yeah. James um, is scared of it. He's a botanist. I am yeah. not a botanist, and I consume wild carrots all the time. I mean, with plants, it's just like there's enough morphological flexibility that sometimes <clears throat> things appear in different forms and variants. And with the lethal dose being so low on that one, I just say I'm just not going to fuck with it. Well, I can definitely respect that. I'll eat a carrot if I plant it. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. They're, like, really fibrous and not that tasty. They're They're better in soup than they are, like, to just straight up eat. Wild carrots? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Jerry, do you think we missed any plants? Can you think of any that we didn't mention? Um, besides, I mean, nothing that's like naturalized or native, just like common, common house plants, I guess. Like I mentioned poinsettia, it's like toxic, but there's also those plants that everyone tells you is toxic, kind of like the morning glory, but like, and they say that they're like toxic for pets and then you're like, all right, well. My cat Zeus, who's in a moron and like mm-hmm. does all of the wrong things, he'll just sit there and eat poinsettias. <laughs> and sure, it'll make him puke, but he's fine. Yeah, <laughs> he does it every year, and he's fine. Yeah, and I'll just really reiterate. I mean, how about Oxalis? Know, I'm not sure. Yeah, Oxalis. I also <clears throat> thought we could do something about poppies. You know, I um. I thought you were going to fucking be talking about poppies. You're growing some, I feel like, right? You know, I, I grow poppies every year. I grow opium pop. Well, well, I grow poppiverse omniferum. You're growing them for a reason this year, I mean. Yeah. Well, yeah. I grow them for seed, obviously. Yeah. For poppy seeds. Yeah. Um, okay. Which I enjoy. But yeah, I think, you know, there's so much history around the poppy. I feel like that's one of those plants that deserves its own, its own episode. Oh, yeah. I... I figured we were going to talk about like the opium wars and uh, exactly what's going yeah. on in Afghanistan right now. And like, I figured that was going to mm-hmm. be like a huge series. Yeah. We'll have to, at least um, I would like to do all of that because that is something you do not hear about in the U S. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> and that well, has, we, like, we even kind of major, touched on major ramifications. Like even today, I feel like, Oh, definitely. I mean, we touched on it a little bit like, um, 
in our Clean Water Act series, we were talking about like immigrants coming in from China and Asia at the end of the 19th century. Oh, yeah. Like that was because their country had been wrecked by British basically like getting everyone hooked on opium. I mean, that's, uh, yeah. That was that's how opium dens came to America as well. Well, yeah, that was like the fucking blueprint that the CIA used for getting crack into the inner cities. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. (laughs) Yep. 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 And I mean, we even kind of touched on it with like Morning Glories being coated in an extremely toxic heavy metal just to keep people from getting like a minor, a pretty low grade psychoactive They'd rather give you brain damage than allow you to you know yeah. fuck around a little bit right exactly in a good way <sighs> yeah yeah well and it's like it even follows into you know uh, a lot of the the racial issues of the past 200 years um for particular well all societies really but even recently when we look at the difference in sentencing between cocaine and you know crack that type of stuff yeah well you know baking soda is a very <laughs> a very dangerous <laughs> dangerous uh compound yeah well, yeah we'll have to do more like uh drug history content well, well i feel let's like go ahead is, and talk about the future of the that show that is supremely my wheelhouse <laughs> yeah man um so yeah you know we haven't put out as much content lately jared we've been away from the the old grindstone yeah life has been happening We've been chained to other grindstones than this one. I got a job and then I got another job, actually. I started working as a substitute and then I got poached by a para classroom. I'm like going to be a paraprofessional working with special needs kids. And that's exciting. And it's going to be a full-time gig. I get health benefits again, which I haven't had in like five years, feels like. College boy got a real job. Yeah, well, I'm gonna make I get it to work up the <laughs> hill from my house. Isn't it funny that you're getting well, not necessarily paid more, but you're getting a better deal to like be a paraprofessional, yeah, than you were working at a community college, like yeah. something that I feel like in theory you should probably need a little more qualification for. Well, working at a community college, I was having to like drive two hours a day. You know, I was using extra time of my own that I wasn't getting paid for and gas money. Here I'm going to make all of $13.66 an hour, but I get to work literally a mile from my house. So I'm going to walk or bike to work every day. Oh, yeah. And I get full health and dental benefits, which I never had. You're probably making more per hour now. Including the bennies. Yeah, I think so. Well, I'm saying, like, you don't have to come up with a lesson plan anymore. You don't have to, like, Mm -hmm. you know, you just show up and be a positive influence in these children's lives. Exactly. So, yeah, I'm excited about that. But obviously, with uh, working as a sub and getting this job, I've been away from the podcast a little bit. But I have spring break coming up next week. And then I've got all summer off where we're just going to podcast hardcore as much as Jared can take because we're going to so load it on. I'm so fucking jealous of you, dude. Like, <laughs> I literally just want like two days where I don't have yeah. to do anything. Like, I don't have to fucking answer my phone. 
I don't have to like go do a bunch of shit that I don't want to do and then like make a bunch of phone calls and like handle all these problems and all that shit. <laughs> well, yeah. So, you know, Jared's been crazy busy with work. We're both getting our gardens going as well. well. I'm like in theory doing it. You're, you're thinking about it though. I'm thinking about it. I got my seeds. They came from Baker Creek. Um, He's got his seeds. It's 70 degrees. My shelf's up. My sodium lights are installed. Like, I just got to fucking literally just have to pot shit up, and I can't even do that lately. But I've been going out and doing a lot of painting on, like, water towers and things. Um, I've been fighting very hard to keep my sanity lately. (laughs) So, well... And, you know, Jared and I both have seasonal affective type seasons, I guess. Yeah. And, you know, that last few weeks of February. Mine pretty much stick around for all four seasons, but, like, (laughs) it is the most acute in the wintertime. That's for goddamn sure. Like, Especially late winter, (laughs) I feel like. Oh, yeah, man. It's just, you know, you get to that point where it's just been cold for, like, three months and, like, well, I think you got a few weeks on those seeds, Jared. I think you're in that window now. You kind of have up until the end of March to get some tomatoes started. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get them you done. Know? It just this yeah. hits me every year. I'll, like, agonize over doing it for, like, a week and a half. And then once you get your fingers in the soil. <clears throat> oh, yeah. Let's see here. I think the water collection pond is a complete failure. So that's oh, really? nice. But uh, I think I have resolved. Did it, get, did it blow out? Oh, no, no, no. I mean, it's just uh, the whole place is lust. It's not going to hold water. Oh, okay. Um, I think what I'm going to do, though, is bring in some river sand and try to plant some prickly pears. Yeah, nice. That'd be cool. Grow some nopales. Yeah. Yeah, there's got to be a lot you can do with lust, though, I would feel like. Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) After I bought that place, I had some people approach me to like be like, are you going to mine all the all the loss out of there or whatever like all the all the soil out of there i was like what no fuck's wrong with i love how people as soon as you buy three acres people just keep coming up to you being like hey do you want to rape the land dude seriously (laughs) like (laughs) that's been all it's been you know what the fucking the best interaction that i've had with anyone about that place besides like people i knew already was when the fucking meth head neighbor called the cops and said that I was pointing rifles at his house because <laughs> he was tweaking his fucking ass off. Uh, I talked to, I was, you know, I had to talk to the fucking police because I came up mm-hmm. and I was like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm just down here trying to mind my business, fucking have a campfire, watch a playoff football game, and cook some bratwurst over the fire. And the one cop was like, wait, Really? And I was like, yeah. He's like, yeah, we're like in Sioux City though, right? And I was like, yeah. And he was like the only person that was like, damn, that's really cool. Not, you know, somebody that's coming up like, hey, what's up? Are you going to like harvest these trees? Are you going to mm-hmm. build a trucking depot here? Are you going to fucking yeah. dig all of the dirt out of this and sell it? <laughs> and in general, yeah, well, I do not get along with law enforcement officers. Yeah. I guess to all of our listeners out there, you know, thanks for hanging with us. I, I'm afraid I might have killed our show with that Lyme disease episode. What do you mean? <laughs> no one listened to it? <laughs> I think that people just saw that it had an I instead of a Y in it. 
And I could like feel the collective psychic eye roll of all of the our normal listeners. Oh man, I thought that like... was a good episode until I got a little too <laughs> drunk and just started like <laughs> trying to talk over everyone. <laughs> Well, uh, hope I, so yeah, thank you for sticking with us. Um, look forward to some really interesting episodes on Jim Bowie as part of our forget about the Alamo series. And, uh, yeah, let's do some, let's have it be like the summer of drugs. Let's get into a lot of, a lot of drug history this summer. I think that would be awesome. That sounds pretty good. Might pick up some, uh, different types of listeners that way, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. We might finally do that San Pedro cactus cast. I have to pee too bad, though, to sign off. Take it away, maestro. All right, sounds good. Well, thank you for listening to Garden Variety Perverts, a sub-podcast of Compost Bin of History. You can email us at compostbinofhistory at gmail.com. There's no the there, just compostbinofhistory at gmail.com. Thank you again for listening to this hopefully enlightening and hopefully never useful episode of Garden Variety Perverts. Hope you all have a wonderful day. I've been James. That's been Jared. Goodbye. All right, I made it back. Are we still going? Um, I kind of wrapped it up. I don't think I did a very good job. Do you want to say adios to anybody? Uh... All right, sure. Are we doing like the shout outs or like any of that thing or Sure, man. Okay. Yeah. Um <clears throat> let's see. Shout out. Shout out uh, shout out. <laughs> <laughs> shout out to uh I don't know, Meghan Markle or something. I don't know. I heard something about that. The queen like tried to beat her up or something. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> I literally don't know her care. I just saw. <laughs> I just saw it was a thing. Um, I don't know, man. Hey, shout yeah, out to Gunlad. Shout out to Gunlad. I feel like I might have been a little harsh about uh, a little flippant about him not getting his stimulus checks, and then I found out he lost his job. And uh, yeah, man, I hope things are going all right. Uh, I went shooting with him on Saturday, and uh, he seems to be in good spirits and is, I think, doing well. I think he's just kind of. You know, as I remember from like right when I started being unemployed, it's hard to fill the time and it can kind of, it kind of like puts you in like a state of shock a little bit where you're just like, what do I do with myself? He hasn't started a podcast yet, but maybe yeah. he'll get there. Well, I have the exact opposite problem, so I don't sympathize too much, but like. <laughs> I know he's, he's text, he's like texting me during the week and he's like, well, you want to go shooting? And I like wait <laughs> four hours because i'm busy to text him back and i'm like yeah "Yeah, i could go in this very small window of time this weekend all right gun lad (laughs) go for walks fucking go do some free shit there's a lot of there's a lot of fun you can have for free i do it all the time dude he he got a book on mushroom identification a man after my own heart well doesn't hey, rain they're, they're growing now doesn't rain that much out there so it's gonna be yeah, a little tougher mountains oh yeah totally the river valleys yeah. yeah i've still got those uh like <clears throat> lobster rustlers or whatever that i found yeah i mean so you can find them be a good it's opportunity. Just, uh, totally that's the type of thing that uh man it's gonna be frustrating mm-hmm. at first but once you know what you're doing a little bit 
say Gunlet. I don't know if you're interested in women, but it's impressive as hell. Especially like, I don't know if anyone's noticed, but the like witch and paganism thing is pretty in right now. Um, if you know some wild plants and wild mushrooms. Oh yeah. Yeah. Trust me. If, uh, you come across a lot of females that are into like herbalism and, uh, natural medicinal things, but, uh, maybe their experience of those things is like, they come out of like a dried jar and you just take them out and point out like, Hey, Check out that thing right there. That's jewelweed. You can make like a right skin irritation poultice out of it. Hey, Here's check it catnip. out. Yeah, hey, yeah. check it out. That's catnip. You can rub that on your skin and it deters mosquitoes. Okay, this one's probably a tad bit uh, immoral, but like, hey, you know all that sage you like burning? Guess what this is? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a good look. Yeah. Wild mint. There you go. There's and you know, six... hey, you know what? Not just for girls. I think that uh, I would definitely be into a guy who could identify some plants too. Oh, okay, well, yeah, it's six of one, half a dozen of the other. Right. I happen yeah. to be interested in women, so that's what I know. Yes. But like, yes. yes, anyone that is interested in that type of thing, um, yep. it's a good look. Yeah, you know how? Uh, I mean, I don't know. Before, like, five years ago, I hadn't really heard of, like, a pagan or, like, an actual witch. Mm-hmm. And how, like, uh, what do they say? Like, the most recent converts are the most zealous, but, like, like the most cocksure, but the least actual sure about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> knowing stuff about, like, the real world and not, like, this fabrication that we live in. Right. Um, you I point at is, a garden plant and you're like, you take a little bit of that, it'll regular regularize your heartbeat. But if you ate that mm-hmm. whole thing, you're gonna you're gonna like drop dead. Yeah. You know, throw in a couple history facts. This originates from this place and uh mm-hmm. you know, maybe Lakota called it this and this is what they used for yeah. use it for. Um those are all things that I'm glad that I know. Those are all things that seem to be relatively impressive to anyone that maybe doesn't know that or hasn't ever has never met anyone that knows that type of thing yeah you know sometimes it's weird to be at a party and be like talking to somebody and just kind of staring off and they're like oh what are you thinking about And you're like oh i'm just trying to decide whether this is a fucking basswood or an oak or a walnut (laughs) because it doesn't have any leaves but the bark yeah. looks like it's probably either basswood or walnut. I mean, and they're just yeah, like, just what the- are you talking about? And you're just like, I don't know. I just think about trees. Well, we were talking <laughs> shit about drawing divisions earlier. But it is cool to be able to, yeah, accurately know about the world around you. And to put words to it and be able to, like, contextualize it in your life and the lives yeah. of others. You know, that's a great feeling. Yeah. I mean... And just like for myself, today I went out, I went for a hike finally, haven't really had much time to do that, but I went there with my roommate who I've been trying to like teach the ways a little bit, and I haven't been to Stone Park in a couple months, and these mushrooms only come out once a year, I haven't seen them since last year, but as soon as we got there I was like, alright, we're going to go to this place, 
and we're going to find some yeah. of these. They're edible, and uh, I just got a book about trying to make dye out of them. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we showed up, and sure enough, they were exactly where I thought they would be. We spotted my downed hackberry on the way there that has golden oyster mushrooms growing there. There wasn't any there this time, but uh, there was still, like, the old cluster from last year I found that was too old. Yeah. And I don't know. Uh, I think it was, like, five or six years ago I just decided, like, hey, really into hallucinogenic mushrooms, but I'm really just interested in fungi. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to try to, you know, like, learn learn what the hell I'm looking at, because I've always found them aesthetically pleasing. Um, they also have possibly medicinal or psychoactive, or they just taste amazing properties. Um, I really want to learn about these. Yeah, and to kind of circle it back to unemployment, you know, you have basically a golden opportunity to expand your horizons oh, yeah. and do some self-education. You've you know, got I look the at, inverse problem that I have, because I, yeah. I have all right money. I have no time. Like, right. I, uh, I'm usually what I resolve to do is just be busy constantly because that's right. the only reason, that's the only way that I can do anything that I want while I'm also working. Yeah. So I would say definitely don't waste your unemployment by trying to get a job right away. <laughs> don't get a job right away. Don't fucking do some skill development. Don't watch TV. Don't play video games. Um, I mean, yeah, get out, some shit do the things, do the things you like, like 65% of the time, but you should try to find something that's basically free that you're interested in and spend, spend some time doing that. I mean, for me, it was like starting this podcast, you know, um, that took a lot of skills development. It was like oh, a yeah. big learning curve definitely for both of us. It was, I think, you know. But yeah, I, I I had the luxury of kind of like getting myself squared away to the point where I could now do a podcast and work, but yeah. I would never have been able to start this while I was working full time. And that's the thing with any with any like new thing you're going to take on mm-hmm. the beginning, it's going to take so much time and it's going to be frustrating yeah. and you're going to suck at it and you're going to be like, why the why the fuck am I even trying to do this? I'm not good. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, some months are going to go by. And then it's just going to be kind of effortless. Yeah. You know? Well, and the other nice thing about unemployment is it's a good way to root out every old reactionary shitbag that you know. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Guys, I basically. They're never more interested in you than when things aren't going well. Oh, yeah. Well, I basically cut like, you know, four. I mean, they're not like friends of mine, but just people who I know. Like, I basically just like cut them out of my life because they're such reactionary shitbags. Who are always like, how's the unemployment situation? Have you gotten a job yet? You know, you young man should be working, that kind of thing. And I'm like, fuck off. I literally told them to fuck off. Like, there's just those people in your life that are going to tend to, like, come to the forefront, it seems like, when stuff isn't going well. It's always an old white man. Yeah, and then they're just going to, like, rub it in that things aren't going well, Mm -hmm. basically. And, like, I don't even. Don't listen to them. Definitely don't, out. definitely don't listen to them. But like, I don't even know yeah. why that is such like a trope. <laughs> like they learned that shit, you know. They they made the bargain where they were like, "I'm gonna break my body and work my ass off for my all my all my golden years, 
I mean, that's I'm fine. 65, I can I can chill out. I understand that, but then why the fuck they never did the chill out part? Mm-mm. You know. Well, they can't because then they're like they see anyone else chilling out and they're like they got to jump down their throat. You know. Yeah, I don't know. Fuck them. It's pretty much what I say, but I don't know. Yeah. So yeah, we sh- we we should wrap it up, Jared. This guy has work in the morning. Oh my god! Never thought I'd hear it. Yep, gonna go substitute teach an English class at the high school that's three blocks from my house. Right on. I'm gonna roll out of bed. I'm gonna walk three blocks. I'm gonna sit in front of a bunch of shitty teenagers while their normal teacher teaches them over Zoom. Hell yeah! <clears throat> I'm gonna fucking go load a trailer in Sioux City that's destined for Chicago, and uh, yeah. All right, well, um, love you, man. Are we allowed to do shout-outs and shit still? Oh, yeah, yeah, please. Yeah, everyone check out Brutal Doodles on uh, Instagram. Okay. I, I don't have any shout-outs. I, I just, again, I feel obligated to apologize for the Lyme disease episode, so. Sorry. Why? I thought it was good. <laughs> I mean. It would have been good on April Fool's Day. We'll have to do the series. Well, that's what I was thinking. We we missed a golden April opportunity Day. there. But, <laughs> no, I feel like that was a strong episode. Um, has anyone sent that to Chris? Because <laughs> I feel like. I don't know. I, I feel like Tickman should. I, yeah. I, well, I feel like if any of our episodes is going to get him to listen, that would have been. Yeah. That would have been the one. <laughs> All right, man. Well. I'm going to go uh, eat dinner, so love you, bud. Love you, too. Have a good Have dinner. A good and uh, tell that lady friend of yours that I said hello. I'll tell her exactly that. <laughs> All right. All right. Good night, everybody. See you later, Jerry.